I'm delighted to be joined this morning by internationally recognized motivational speaker, trainer, and educator Don Brolin, a national championship softball player at Eastern Connecticut State University in her prior life, as we reconnect here with the Parish Hill grad who had a great career playing at Eastern Connecticut State University, three different sports. Don, good morning. Tell me what you're doing now, some 30 or so years after your days at Parish Hill and Eastern. Well, boy, that's a great question. We don't got that kind of time, but I will tell you, um, things are awesome over here in Wyndham because that's where I still reside with my family and, you know, own my own uh, CPA firm and we're kicking butt on the softball field up at Eastern. I've done some teaching up there. I've got two beautiful daughters. We're just, Brolin's killing it over here, formerly Wamsley, of course. And is Don Wamsley's daughters, are they softball players as well? Oh, I was cursed with a theater major and a psych major. So we got no athletes over here, but I'll tell you what, I'm living my best life through Eastern softball. I've got so many places to go today, but let's talk about that for a second. Diana Pepin has done a wonderful job getting Eastern Connecticut State University back on the national stage. What is your role with that team? Interesting question, of course, Wayne, as you know, um, in 2018, I was asked to sit in the dugout after giving away a Jeff Anderson award and uh, got a taste of what being in the dugout was like again as, as not a player. And so Coach Pepin approached me in the fall of 2018 and said, hey, why don't you coach? And I said, looked at her funny, and I said, don't you know I'm a CPA? And she goes, so? I said, yeah, you know what? So, yeah, maybe tax season during softball season, and I'm going to take time away from my practice. And I said, I'm going to go for it. I'm not getting any younger, apparently. So I said, I'm just going to go for it and started uh, volunteer coaching. And that was the bag tag they gave me when I first started. I said, that's a bunch of garbage. And I said, what the heck is my role on this team? Exactly the question you just asked me. And I said, you know what I am? First of all, I'm the co-head coach, okay? So Pep thinks she's like the head coach. I'm like, no, I am the co-head coach. And then secondly, I think I'm going to be the designated motivator on this team. And I said that before the season even started. That's my role. Uh, we're going to get to that in a second. But while you mentioned Jeff Anderson, let's talk about him for a second. He was the head coach when you won the 1990 Softball National Championship. Jeff died a couple of years later of testicular cancer. But just say a couple of words on perhaps the motivation that Jeff gave you and that championship team. Absolutely. Jeff um, was a very dear friend as well. He passed away November 11th, to, uh, 1992, right after he finished coaching, um, which was quite a devastation to the team. But my, my little origination on the team happened where I was actually recruited for soccer and basketball at Eastern. Those were the two sports. I was not recruited for softball, and I understood that. These are national championship players, a national championship team. There's no way they're going to recruit this girl from Parachel. Well, as the season went on soccer, then basketball, and I was the water girl for basketball, and I really didn't like that. So he approached me in the gym one day and said, hey, Poke, that was my nickname. Hey, Poke, why don't you play softball? And I said, Jeff, come on, buddy, man. You guys win national championships. And I just sat the bench, and I don't want to do that again. And he said, come on. He said, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to Hawaii on Thursday. And I said, okay, let me call my dad. I'm going to play. <laughs> that, was, that was how I made the team. <laughs> And you went on to win the national championship. I knew Jeff very well and what a, what a good friend he was and sadly passed away way too early. All right, you talked about the term designated motivator. What exactly is a DM? Yes, a DM, it's, it's a really exciting philosophy. And, of course, 
all the philosophies in the book come from Coach Pepin. I just stole them from her because they were good ones, of course. And so the designated motivator has this intentional, uh, we have an intentional, uh, um, how, do I, how do I say it? It's an intentional motivation in looking inside of a human being and pulling out the absolute best you can out of them. And so being a designated motivator, I'll give you some examples, um, is being able to go to a person and, and start to get to know someone intentionally. And when you ask them a question, as you're asking me questions, you actually want to hear the answer. And you're actually intentionally listening to what they're saying, and you're getting to know them. Now, it takes it a step further and says, okay, what is so special about this human? What is it about this person that has drawn you to them or made you have these conversations? And so that intentional care, concern, and intentional positive uh, interaction with that person on a regular basis. And so my whole role as, as the assistant coach at Eastern was to motivate these kids. And I can tell you what was really interesting was the 2019 softball team, which and, and you'll recall uh, went from a 500 season the year before in 2018, went to third in the country. Now that wasn't because of Don Brolin. That was because the kids on that team believed that they could be whatever they wanted to be. That team wanted to just continue playing together because they had fun. And so a designated motivator has the ability to bring these individual, this intentional individual interest and care, concern, and pulling out that talent, but takes it a step further and says, well, guess what? Not only do you have that individually, but more importantly, you can bring that to a team and bring it so that you actually come together as a team to work hard together towards a common goal, and at the end of the day, you're having fun doing it. Dawn, have you had designated motivators in your life you can talk about? Absolutely. My dad's definitely one of my designated motivators. He, you know, I, I, I have a fantastic parents. My, I was grew up in a wonderful atmosphere. My parents were awesome. My dad, though, I watched him go to work at Pratt Whitney when there were strikes. He would sleep over. He would bring a cot because he was like, I'm not crossing the lines of my guys. And so he had this care and concern, this intentional concern for guys that were his employees. And he didn't care who they were. He cared enough about them to care about how they felt or how they operated. And so he was a motivator. Jeff Anderson, of course, was a motivator for me as, a, as my softball coach. Uh, coach Beth Regan, another great motivator in my life. Um, I've had great motivators in my professional life, somebody like Leslie Capacetti, who put her hand out and helped me get introduced to Intuit and start to speak for Intuit and teach and train. And she was the motivator for me because she cared enough about me as a human to say, yeah, Brolin, let me tell you how you can get in and start doing teaching for Intuit. And there's many, many more after that. But I'll tell you, the designated motivator philosophies of what's important now is, is that's what we have to start thinking of is would be where your shoes are. Stop worrying about what's happening in the future or things that happened in the past that you can't change and be present and be where you are. And you just missed playing for Clyde Washburn, who won, I believe, four national softball championships at Eastern. And I got to think he was a master motivator. Absolutely. Coach Clyde, is, as you very well know, is one of a kind. Coach Clyde was able to bring out you know, this little itty-bitty Eastern softball program and bring it to the national stage. And the only way that could happen was through his motivation, his theories, his philosophies that were, they were dumbfounding. They were so good. We, we still have Coach Clyde's motivational cards that 
that he that he wrote up and we have I have them in my backpack. I got lucky enough to hold on to them. And so we read those still to the kids today because everything that he had to say would motivate you in a way that you never understood. Don, your new book is called The Designated Motivator. And who's your target audience for this? My honestly, the target audience, I think of it as a chicken soup for the soul. It's good for anybody. It's good for anybody in that, you know, teams and athletes and coaches and parents and educators and doctors. Boy, I hope my doctor's motivated when he's operating on me. It's all about pulling a team together. And a team doesn't mean athletics. A team means anybody in the office, anybody that's part of your church, part of your life, and being able to take that motivation to make everyone's life better. And that's what we're challenged with right now. With COVID, COVID crushed the souls of many people. And I also wrote a second book real quick, Wayne, called The Designated Motivator for Accounting Professionals, because the accounting profession was pummeled during COVID, and not in a a medical way, but a mental way. And so I have a a book that I wrote specifically for my my colleagues and the people in my industry, because we really have had it hard for the last three years. And I want to bring the industry back to its excitement and back to, you know, loving what we do as accountants. I'm sure there's other books about motivation on the market. How does yours stand out? How is yours unique or different? Well, it's mine. Uh, That's number one. Um, (laughs) Not really. Well, you know what I'm saying. For me, it's about there's actual philosophies in there that you can follow. Philosophies, like I said, are Coach Pepin's philosophies, and her philosophies are they're, they're awesome philosophies that anyone, here's the thing, is anyone can follow them. You don't have to be, it's not specific to anything, any one thing in your life. It can go to anybody. And I've done some speaking to some dance associations, to their parents, to their, to their athletes, to their dancers, to themselves, for their staff. And it's been something that it's a, it's a movement, Wayne. It's different than motivation, just being motivated. It's a movement for everyone to participate in bringing each other up as high as we can bring each other up and having success in whatever that means for that individual person. As you heard, Dawn is a certified public accountant. She's a certified fraud examiner and CEO of Powerful Accounting, LLC. When you were at Eastern, was CPA on your radar or when did this first show up? I love that question, Wayne. You always bring out the best in me. See, you're motivating me as well. I was 16 years old at Parachel High School with Donna DeMarco in an accounting class. There were, I think, 15 of us, and she threw down a business in an envelope on our desk and said, you're in business for yourself. Okay, we're going to learn how to do the accounting the old-fashioned way on ledgers. There wasn't computers to do the accounting back then. At least we didn't have access to it. And I fell in love with the puzzle immediately. I went to college for accounting, got my master's degree in accounting. I knew when I was 16, this is what I wanted to do. And the other thing that I just read there that I really want to examine here, certified fraud examiner. Where'd that come from and what does it mean? Yeah, so certified fraud examiner, that's really exciting. One of my big mentors and the reason I kind of got into that field is a guy named Eric Green. He's with Green and Scholar's attorneys down in New Haven. And he got me interested in IRS. Uh, audits, whether it was criminal investigations or in a civil audits, which are a little bit nicer. And so he got a, some passion in me about that. And I said, I'm going to go become a certified fraud examiner. And I will tell you, I have a case right now out of San Francisco. It's a murder case. And who knew accounting would equal to murder? But it does. And the need for certified fraud examiners are for examples such as divorce, where people are supposed to put in their, their uh, financial statement to declare what their income is so they can you know, get the divorce all settled. Uh, other things like partner fraud, business fraud, embezzlement. We've seen embezzlement all over the place. And so the certified fraud examiners, also cert- uh, certified forensic accountants, are kind of very similar. 
we go in and we make we figure out what the numbers really should be. And so we examine, you know, documentation, emails, you name it. We'll go in there. And I've been on a good handful of, of cases. I love to testify in court. That's where I get to shine. It's my favorite part. So um, fraud is everywhere. And we've got we've to minimize that risk of fraud as much as we can. And along the same lines, you were involved in the case with Louis Goffinet, the Connecticut middle school teacher who began a fundraiser on Facebook to buy groceries for families in need as the pandemic started to spread. He's from Mansfield. He got over $40,000. Next thing you know, I think he got more than that, but next thing you know, uh, the IRS hit him up for taxes when he's trying to help other people. Where, tell me more about that case, and where does it stand right now? Yeah, so we, we uh, did some investigation, did a bunch of research. I was working with an attorney out of Hartford to figure out what which tax code could we stand on. And that's the key is with the IRS, when you take a, they call it taking a position, you want to make sure that you have some backup to stand on should the IRS disagree with you. And then we just go fight them, which is one of my favorite things. Um, but so we just took a position on his tax return that, that those were not, in fact, any income to him, but rather, um, you know, like we said, like you said, it was it was to help other families. And we were able to, I'll call it zero it out on his tax return by taking a position. And to this day, we don't we have not gotten any correspondence that I'm aware of um, from from my perspective. I've not necessarily been in touch with Lewis since then. But uh, but I'm sure that if something happens, he, he obviously knows he can just come right over here because myself and the attorney from Hartford will take good care of him. And as a designated motivator earlier this week, you said it was an honor to be the MC for the Appy Hour Camp. It was truly inspiring to see a whole new level of peer-to-peer motivation be ignited. Tell me about that event. Yeah, that event was great. It was held in Virginia, one of the two sites of Dirty Dancing, which was super fun, Kellerman's Lodge down there. It was actually called Mountain Lodge. But um, So I was asked to be the MC for that event. And so I went there and there was really great thought leaders, influencers in the industry. And so we all got together to, you know, think forward. We call it IDA and just think about ideas on how can we help the profession moving forward. And so, of course, in great form, as you can see on my book, I have my designated motivator bullhorn. And and I brought that sucker through the airport. And boy, people had a great time with that. I was like, wow, what a conversation piece. Who knew? It was just because it didn't fit in my luggage. So I went down there and. My job was to motivate people in the morning, get people going. I was the camp counselor of sorts, um, and they knew what was coming because these, these are people, these are colleagues of mine I've known for years, and just really trying to inspire them to inspire others, and that's the whole thing. And I met a, great, a couple of new friends down there, and I, I'm inspired by, by people and by their energy and those kind of things, and they just give it back. And that's one of the things people are like, how do you fill your bucket roll? And I go, one thing I do is I go to the softball field because those kids, I just love on those kids so much, and they give it back to me. And then going to my accounting conferences where all my colleagues that I've known for years always fill me back up. In 2014, Don got the Most Powerful Women in Accounting Award, and in 2009 was on the Top 40 Under 40 list by CPA Technology Magazine. And, yeah, on the cover of the book, The Designated Motivator, there's Dawn talking into a bullhorn, maybe – speaking loudly into a bullhorn. One of the events in your book, the Designated Motivator Toolkit. What's in that toolkit? Yeah, so in the toolkit, there's a couple of fun things. But in the toolkit, it's all about taking that passion that you have and passing it on. And so one of the, one of the ways we do that are through these pop cards. And it's kind of a funny little thing. Uh, in our pop cards, 
we do this before every game. Everyone, sometimes everyone doesn't get a card, which disappoints the kids sometimes. But they open the pop card, and it says something really positive to them before the game even starts. It's just a simple little mind tool that we use. And so the kid will read out the quote, whatever it may be, and we all celebrate what that, what that athlete read. I've done this with, with business owners. I did this at the Happy Hour Camp as the MC. Uh, we went through that exercise and said, you know, this is one thing you can do. Another thing that we talk about with, and I've mentioned it, what's important now, is to have a physical windboard, something, some kind of um, distinction of once I pass over this board or I walk through this door or whatever it may be for you, it's what's important now and leave the garbage outside. Now, what I love about the tool of that is you get to decide when you go back over the board or you go back through the door, do you pick the garbage back up again or do you leave it there and move on with your life? And it's just a tool, mental tool that I know when I walk through doors, I forget why I even got out of the chair. But <laughs> besides that, just being able to um, mentally reset yourself. And another, another tool that I like to use is, a, is a, the thought of an Etch-a-Sketch. I'm actually holding one in my hand right now. I have an Etch-a-Sketch because who doesn't? But an Etch-a-Sketch allows you moment by moment, not minute by minute, not second by second, but moment by moment to take that Etch-a-Sketch and start over. You know what? I started drawing this morning. My, my day started. Didn't really go well for the first two hours. Grab that Etch-a-Sketch and start over. Walk over the windboard. Walk through the door and make a mental decision that you're going to do something different and change your mindset. That's the key is changing mindset. And so you can do that for yourself using just a few tools. Only guest I've ever had who's had an Etch-a-Sketch while she was interviewed by Bueno here. Where do people get a copy of the designated motivator, Dawn? Sure, they can go to dawnbrolin.com, and there's a, there's a little Get Free Resources button in the upper right corner. You can get a link to it. Uh, if you're running into any trouble with that, they can certainly shoot me an email or tweet it off or you know, send me a Facebook message or anything if you're having trouble finding it. But there's a digital link that anyone has, can have access to. Internationally recognized motivational speaker, trainer, and educator, Dawn Wamsley Brolin, our guest this morning. Dawn, great to catch up with you this morning. Wayne, always my pleasure. And, you know, like I said, you just look so good on that website picture. And, you know, if we were looking back 30 years ago, things could have been different. <laughs> well, I put 30-year-old pictures up there. That's why. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.